Okay, folks, so here's the show. Heroes and howlers, and the rest is history. My name's Mikey Robbins. I'm a bit of a history nerd, but my mate Paul Wilson... Hi, everybody. Paul's a proper historian, all the way from Oxford. Thank you, Maggie. Okay, it's about those weird bits of history, the bizarre twists of fate. The cock-ups actually made the (laughs) stuff-ups that have made the world what it is today. Hi, everyone. This episode is about the outbreak of World War I, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand on June the 28th, 1914, better known as Paul... The shot that was heard around the world. Absolutely. But I tell you what, though, mate, it wasn't just a shot. It was a cavalcade of stuff-ups. That's right, because people think of it just as, you know, the single moment. And obviously it was a defining moment, but actually... A whole bunch of bloody mistakes. (laughs) Starting with... There was no real need for him to be there. Let's look at Sarajevo, because it was in Sarajevo. It's the Balkans. That's right. It's been a powder keg going back to... Well, you know... Just to give a bit of background, folks, Mm. you've got to look at the the Balkans. It's always been where the Muslim world, of course, meets the Christian Europe. And not so gently. (laughs) Exactly. It's very much been the main channel of attack, particularly from the Ottoman Empire, their expansion usually at the expense of Christian rulers, yeah? Exactly. So it's always been a powder keg. So for a start, sending him to Sarajevo wasn't good. Then on top of that, here's one thing we do forget. We'll get, we'll get to the Black Hand later, who was, who was, who was the group that, that actually knocked him off. But at that time, Europe, and also to America, was awash with so many fermenting, troublesome groups. Sarajevo's the place, but also yeah, those first couple of decades of the 20th century... We're also talking about the time because you've got, you know, you've got the young Bosnians, you've got the young Muslims, you know, you've got the anarchists, the IRA, you've got the Bolsheviks in Russia, you know, the Spanish Radical Revolutionary Party. That's right, you know, the well, my favourite, the Internal Macedonian Revolutionary Party. I'm not quite sure what happened to the external, but and let's not forget too, the patriarchy at the same time was bloody scared of the suffragette movement. <laughs> That's right. So, so yeah, so the beginning of the 20th century, Mikey, you're right. Yeah, that as a as a time as an epoch, mm. yeah. That really was ferment personified. And at the same time, too, late 19th, early 20th century, you've got the great powers who've been fighting each other at arm's length, like in the colonies and expansion. But I like your theory that by the start of the 20th century... There's been that shift, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, the war's come home to roost. the war has come home to roost. Yeah, they've been fighting, you know, France, Spain, Britain, particularly France and Britain. Yeah, they've been fighting abroad, you know, in the colonies, you say, in the Americas. But now war's come home to roost. Europe's a powder keg, it's awash with tension, it's awash with these radical groups. So why was Ferdinand going to this hotspot, Sarajevo, in Bosnia? Okay, well that's the key to this episode, folks. And this is where the cock-up starts. <laughs> and this, yeah, this is where the cock-up starts, because yeah, today we're looking at the outbreak of World War One. we're looking at the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. So probably the first thing to remember is, you know, when he, we call him the Archduke, yeah, yeah, because he wasn't the he wasn't in charge of the Holy Roman Empire just yet. His uncle is the emperor, who is Franz Joseph, but he is the heir apparent. The Archduke Ferdinand is the heir apparent because the Crown Prince, who should have been becoming emperor, Rudolf, um, he's actually committed suicide. Yeah, but in 1914, things are on the move. You know, you've got the Ottoman Empire. This in pretty steep decline. In fact, at that stage, it was referred to as the sick man of the Europe. The sick man of Europe. The sick That's man it. of Europe, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
in their place, you know, you've got Serbia, Greece, Bulgaria, they're all pushing for independence, trying to reclaim their lost lands. But the big superpowers, you know, mm. like we say, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, um, the Archdukes, the Dukes, Russia, of course. Hey, that's the thing. Russia starts sticking its beak in. And <laughs> if history's taught us anything, when Russia turns up in the Balkans, it does not go well, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Russia's always liked to look south, always liked to um, expand, you know, whether it's the Crimea, the Black Sea coast, but also, of course, into this... Balkan area, but at the same time, you know, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire—they've already they've already eaten up Slovenia. Yeah, you know, mm. then they've gone into Croatia, and you know, basically they're eyeing up Bosnia as a nice little dessert. So, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand's going there, and also too, he's bringing his wife Sophie. Now we've got to get into this story because for a start, the day they arrive, the day the June twenty eighth, nineteen fourteen, it's their wedding anniversary. That's right, and that this really is the first twist. Sophie, as well as the Archduke are in Sarajevo um, on this day in 1914. And Sophie's very much key to this because, in many ways, she's the reason why they're in Sarajevo they're not back home because I think you know how they met, right, Mike? Yeah, they met at a, at a ball in That's Prague. Right. And the thing was, even though she was from a very noble line, yeah. the rest of Franz Ferdinand's family, particularly his dad, yes. didn't consider her to be royal enough to marry him. That's so, so they... Came to a deal, didn't they? Well, mate? that's it, yes. yes. They'd, they'd met, met way back in 1894, right? Yeah. And like you say, Sophie, she's a countess. Yeah, she's from the Chochek family, which is like, in Bohemia, is one of the biggest families in their royalty. But not good enough for little friends. But not good enough for the Habsburgs. Yeah, yeah. the Habsburgs, they say, we are the Holy Roman Empire. We are the guardians you know, of Europe. And you are just a countess. That's not enough. And you're below our station, yeah? But they do get married. But before they get married, they sign a prenup that would have made Donald Trump proud. Yeah, th- th- this is probably the nastiest, cruelest prenup I've ever heard of, right, Mikey? So basically what they say is, OK, you can marry. You know, mm. Yes, you love each other. That's fine. And Ferdinand, you will be able to become the emperor, not just the archduke. But Sophie, you cannot become the empress. Right. OK. And your children cannot succeed any of the Habsburg lands. Whether it's male or female, we don't care. You're going to get no titles. You will be nothing more than a duchess. You'll never be an empress. And your children will be kept below that as well. And because of that, even though she can trace her ancestry back to Rudolf I of Germany... <laughs> That's right, yeah. She's not allowed to accompany France on official state duties. That's right. She can't go to balls, can't go to opening ceremonies, state visits, can't visit fellow royals. But... But, but Ferdinand is going to Sarajevo that day in his role to inspect troops for the military. That's right. He is going as the military commander. So this is basically, he's worked out a plan yeah? Yeah. because he's sick of this. Yeah? Yeah. He, he's got all these royal visits. He has to go on his own. He's got all these balls. He's not, she's not allowed to put a dress on. And <laughs> as you can imagine, it's a wedding anniversary. She's giving a little yeah. bit yeah, but, in yeah, the yeah. ear. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what am I, chopped liver? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he says, okay, I'll work out a plan. And his plan is... If I go to Sarajevo as a military commander, yep. you can accompany me because I am not there as head of state. I am not there as a Habsburg. I'm there as a military personnel. But here comes the next cock up. So, A, you know, normally she wouldn't have been there. Mm. But also, too, June in Bosnia, they couldn't have picked a worse month, could they, mate? Well, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, obviously you can't change your wedding anniversary. But June the 28th, unfortunately resonates very, very loudly down in the Balkans because June 28th, 1389, is the Battle of Kosovo, right? 
Now, the Battle of Kosovo was the biggest battle for, for centuries in that part of the world between the Ottomans and where they defeat the Serbian princes, the Bulgarian princes, all the princes rally to try and push the Ottomans out and they get massacred. Okay, folks, it's 1914, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and enter stage left, the Black Hand Gang. Like a, they sound pretty serious, Maggie. Mate, they are the worst crack assassination squad since the People's Popular Front for the Monty Python film. <laughs> okay, so they're not that they're not as black as as they sound. All right. So okay. the Black Hand have come into town, yeah, into Sarajevo, yeah, and their goal is to knock off Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Who exactly are the Black Hand Gang? They're, they're, they're basically a bunch of students, right? Um, average age. A lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, six. Six, okay. Six, okay. okay. Average age about 18, 19. Now, they're, they're led by a bloke called Princip. Now, we'll get to him later. Yeah. And how old's he? He's 18. Isn't that a bit young to be starting a world war? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty, he's probably the youngest guy to start a global conflict. <laughs> okay. But we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. So, on the day, before anything serious happens, mm. two members of the Black Hand, yeah. Botlet and Bugger Off, Okay, so, so the, they're but, down to four. So they're down to four. <laughs> okay. Once again, led by Gavrilo Princip. So he's yeah. 19. He's 19. Right. right. Okay, yeah. But the first assassin, and um, please excuse my pronunciation here. Okay. Nigelko Kabrovinovich. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So okay, he's got the first plan, mate. That's right, because he's he's actually the action man, right? Because yeah. his princeps just, you know, even though he's 19, he's the leader, so the 18-year-old gets to do the dirty work. Okay, exactly. got it, yeah. So right. his job is to, is to throw an explosive at Franz Ferdinand's car, which Franz Ferdinand and Sophie are in. Right, and it's important about that car, actually, as well, isn't it, Mikey? It's a 1910 Graf and Stiff Boy de Balloon. It's, it's a... Mass, it's a tank of a thing. It's got a reinforced chassis. Can't go any faster than 30 k's an hour. And very importantly, it's open top. Open top. Yeah, because I think, um, obviously, Ferdinand, mm. yeah, going back to his, because it's his wedding anniversary, like we said, he's, he's trying to show off. He's trying to give Sophie a good time, yeah? Yeah. Because she never gets to meet the people. She never gets to perform in public, yeah? So he said to her, I'm going to get you an open top carriage yeah. the best austrian hungarian krona can buy yeah i'm going to get you a really nice motor car um and we're going to go through i want you to put your best dress on all your diamonds all your jewelry so that we can finally show off in public together which also brings me to and we'll get to him in a second leopold right oh the, the driver yeah who's ferdinand's chauffeur right so the first assassination attempt okay old ned well, let's call him Ned now for his... Ned, Ned Kabinovich. Okay, yep. He throws an explosive at the car, right? Right. At Franz Ferdinand's car, the big open-top car. Got it. It harmlessly bounces off the car. Okay. Takes out the cars behind. So does it explode or not? Yeah, yeah. It injures 15 people, but they're, right. but they're just soldiers and bodyguards, not the actual targets. So you can see this little hand grenade boing, yeah, bouncing off the Bois de Boulogne yeah. reinforced chassis and... Rolling down the street underneath the next one. Yeah, so takes out that, that car. <laughs> okay. Now, Ned, like most fanatics, he's a... He's a Gets his gun out? No, he's a, well, he's a suicide bomber. So, right. So he immediately decides, first thing he's going to do, he's going to take cyanide. He's got his cyanide pill all stuck away. All the cyanide pills, yeah. yeah. Okay. Drops the cyanide pill, it does nothing. Okay. Bugger all. So he's standing there, no explosives. Yeah, and the side of the cyanide pill. So nothing's right, happening. Right. Yeah. So yeah, to kill himself, he's decided he's going to run... To the Latin Bridge, 
Well, actually, I think I heard a story. He was trying to escape that. He thought he might, he might maybe it's time for just to me to get out of here. Oh, yeah. yeah well, yeah, well there, there are two theories. One is, yeah. he, one is he's trying to throw himself on his death. The other one is right. trying to escape. But he, right. he, here's where it gets stupid. Okay. He gets to the Latin Bridge. Yeah, which is the big bridge in the middle of Sarajevo. Just yeah, over the, on, Mil, the Miljaka River. Yeah, the Miljaka River. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. He dives off the bridge. Beautiful. Swims uh, to safety. Uh, mate, what it doesn't factor in is there's a drought. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. time. He basically face plants in mud, breaks a few limbs, <laughs> gets the living bejesus kicked out of him. No way. And eventually dies of TB in prison. Ooh. So, oh, dear. So that's the first stuff up of the date. Okay. But then it gets worse, mate. All right. Ferdinand and Sophie have gone off to a big official function. Okay. Which the mayor and the governor are throwing for them. In fact... Ferdy even makes a joke about how rude it was that he comes to the town and they throw a bomb at him and everyone has a chuckle. <laughs> okay, so he's making jokes about <laughs> them trying to assassinate him already. Okay. Uh, but he then decides that because he is the military commander and, yeah. and bodyguards have been hurt, he should visit them in hospital. So, yeah, you get a bit, bit, bit of guilt there. He's thinking, okay, yeah. maybe less jokes, more sort of I'll, I'll be nice to the people <laughs> so who actually got hurt. Here, so yeah. an official convoy takes off to get to the hospital, mm. including the mayor of Sarajevo, a bloke called Fihim Effendi Kurik. Effendi Effendi who? Kurik or Kurik? Kurik, okay. Kurchic. Kurchic. I know who you mean. Kurchic. That's why Paul's here. He's an Oxford scholar. Okay, he's in the front car. Leopold Locker, who's... um. Who's the chauffeur. The chauffeur. Yeah. He and Ferdy are in the back car, the reinforced one. They can't go that fast. Okay. They're trying to keep up with the mayor. But, of course, this is the first time yeah. Leopold's been to Sarajevo, so he doesn't know where, where he's going, right? And that's when we come to the worst wrong turn in history. Okay, folks, we are looking at the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, June 28th, 1914, the shot heard around the world, but also to not just a dramatic day, a day of unbelievable stuff-ups. Yeah, I'd love to say twists and turns, but it really was stuff-ups, wasn't it, Mikey? And nothing but stuff. <laughs> so Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie, they're in the car following the mayor. They've got That's the, right. They've got the governor in the car with them. Yeah, and it's an open-top car, folks. You know, they've got all the well-wishers lining the streets, so they're not going very fast, you know, no. and, they, and they've been lost because the mayor's car's gone ahead. It's gone ahead. They, they can't keep up with it. Leopold doesn't know he's... The, the chauffeur the doesn't, doesn't know where he's going. They've taken a wrong turn. So, so Franz, with Leopold as his driver, they take yeah. the wrong turn. The governor's in the car. He goes, stop. Ah, there, Governor Puterich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's in their car. Yeah, Puterich right. in the car with, with Franz. He says, So the stop. mayor's in the first car. Yeah. They've gone away. He's buggered off too fast. We've gone left when we should have done it right. <laughs> he's gone, stop the car. You've made right. the wrong turn. That's yeah. not a problem, is it? You know, well, it is. Leopold <laughs> stops the car right. and stalls it, but he actually stalls it out the front of a delicatessen. Okay. Now, a cafe. A cafe. A right. ca cafe. But here's the weird thing. So they thing. pop in for a cup of tea. It's, it, well, they haven't. <laughs> but remember I mentioned Gavrilo Princip, the guy who's in charge of the Black Hand? Yeah. He stopped off at Schiller's Delicatessen on Franz Joseph Street in the Catholic Quarter on his way home. On his way uh, home? After the failed assassination attempt. Ah. He's, he's having a cup of tea. Yes, I know. I read about that. So he's yeah, he's thinking, well, the bomb didn't kill anyone. No assassination. Might as well go home. Yeah, but for some bizarre reason. He stops off for a cup of tea. He stops off for a cup of tea on the right. way. So he's sitting there having a cup of tea. He looks up. And there's the two people that they've come to kill in a car. Open top car. Open top car. Sitting in front of him. Stalled out, stalled out the front. He puts it, he says to someone, hold the tea. Pulls out his, pulls out his, his tiny little... Tiny He's got all oh, those little revolvers. That's yeah. right. I've seen that yeah. picture, yeah. And... 
And the rest is history. So you've got the other black hand who <laughs> buggered it up. Yeah. Archduke Franz Ferdinand and Sophie shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. Uh, Leopold takes the wrong turn. Leopold takes the wrong turn, stalls the car, oh. and bang. Now, Leopold was so devastated by this. Yeah. Because he got the head right letters of apology to uh, to the children and the family of the Archduke. It wasn't really his fault. It wasn't. Mind <laughs> you, though, when I say he was guilty. Yeah. Yeah, years later, he was actually a. He owned a, a tavern, mm. and uh, after a few drinks, he used to get out a pair of bloodstained suspenders that belonged to the Archduke Franz and show them off to his drinking buddies. No, it wasn't that ashamed about it, yeah. But, mate, let's think about it. In terms of, you know, a bunch of cock-ups... Well, well for, the, yeah, modern repercussions. Well, yeah, well for a start, we get, you know, we get the First World War, we get the Second World War, we yeah. get the Cold War. Yeah. But let's face it, we still have people from... Yeah, yeah, recently the, in the Hague from, yeah, from the Bosnia. The Balkans War, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like that Battle of Kosovo back in 1389, Mikey, yeah, still very much resonates. Every year, you go down the Balkans, everyone knows, yeah, they call it the Field of Blackbirds, yeah, and it's still talked about today. It still matters today. Blackbirds are still flying, mate. They are. It's like Serbia wants... Why does Serbia want Kosovo? It's full of Muslims. They don't want it because it's Serbia. They want it because that's where... The Serbian history was the crucible that the Serbian history was forged. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know this part of the world better than I yeah. do. It was known as the Latin Bridge, but did it? Yeah, that's right, actually, mate. Yeah, because that Latin Bridge <laughs> that he jumped off and first yeah. planted in in the river that was actually renamed the Gavrilo Precept Bridge. Yeah, by the Serbs. Yeah, all the way through the Yugoslavian or the history of Yugoslavia. Yeah, June the twenty eighth, nineteen fourteen. Any year, still a massive, massive day today. Right. Well, that's it. We looked at looked at one day in history, one moment in history, and the cock-ups that led to it. Oh, is that what we're going to say, mate? Because obviously on the show, folks, you know, we've got fluke, you've got cock-up, or you've got hand of God. Yeah, I'm going to go Colonel Cock-up for this one, mate. Yeah, okay, look... There was a few flukes in there with the uh, yeah, yeah. with the with the car stalling, yeah, and the the, the bomb bouncing off one car into another. But yeah, I, I yeah. think it's got to be a cocker. Europe's awash with assassins. They shouldn't have been there. They didn't know their way around the city, and the black hand were pretty bloody useless anyway. But somehow we ended up with World War One. The cocker that was heard around the world. All right, folks. So look, that's the end of the show. And if you've got any questions about about World War One, drop us a line on all your social media using the handle at. And the rest is hist. And the rest is hist. And you can find all that stuff in the show notes. Okay, and if you like the podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe and comment, you know, whichever platforms you usually use to listen to your podcasts. And we'll cast you all next episode. What have you got for us next up, Mikey? Next episode is all about colons, mate. <laughs> Christopher Colon, to be precise. Ah, Columbus. That's right, mate. 1492, he cocked it up through and through. Mm-hmm.